Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hi, everyone. Lisa here. And I know it's Wednesday. Everybody's going, why are you on on Wednesday? And it's because the fabulous Tosca Lee has a brand new book out. And Monday, we had all kinds of technical problems. And so we rescheduled for a special show today. So I'm so glad she could squeeze us in during release week. And we're excited to have her back. So if you have never read Tosca Lee and you don't know who she is, I'll read her bio really quick. But you are in for such a treat. She is um, just writes beautiful books. So here's her bio. Tosca Lee is the award-winning New York Times best-selling author of *The Line Between*, *The House of*. The House of Bathory duology, sorry, I can't talk on Wednesday, Iscariot, The Legend of Sheba, Demon, a Memoir, Hava, The Story of Eve, and the Books of Mortals series with New York Times bestseller Ted Decker. She's a notorious night owl just like me. She loves watching TV, eating bacon, and really, who doesn't, playing video games with her kids and sending cheesy texts to her husband. You can find Tosca hanging around the snack table or wherever bacon is served. So so A Single Light is what we're going to be talking about today. It's her highly anticipated sequel to The Line Between. It just released yesterday and is available everywhere now. I did put a link to Tosca's web, website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live, you can click right there and sign up for her newsletter. And without any further ado, Tosca, are you there? Yes, I am. And and. Lisa, you're being very nice. What happened Monday is Tosca <laughs> forgot to, how to add. And being in the Midwest, I had this, like, brain burp or something and thought that you were three hours behind me instead of two because I suddenly forgot how to add up time zones. So um, thank you very much for your grace in the situation and for having me on on Wednesday. Um, <laughs> oh, no problem. No problem. As I explained before, you know, we're we're writers. We don't math. You know, it's just That's hard. Right. Time zones are hard. <laughs> we don't math. And, you know, very, very far back, one of my early jobs was being a bank teller, and I was so miserable oh, no. at it and so bad at it. And I think this explains a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, we should never yep. be asked, especially during release week, to do high-level oh, math gosh. like a time zone. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know my zip code this week, so that that's numbers, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you have yeah. your new book is A Single Light. Um, can you tell mm-hmm. the listeners about, the, you know, why they should go get that book this week? What's it about? Ooh, yes. Um, so you should go get that book because it's the continuing adventure of Winter Roth. So let me just briefly set up the first book, which was The Line Between, which, by the way, is in Target stores. So that's Oh, exciting. exciting. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. So you can walk into Target, and it's not in every single store, but it's in most of them. So that's super fun for me. Um, I did sneak in and go go look at it just to visit the book but anyway <laughs> so I know it's so I'm glad I totally like understand <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, uh, the worst thing is I I'm like oh look at this and I was like okay I'm just gonna buy one because you know Taylor Swift goes in and buys her own albums so this is not that stupid is it if I go buy one of my books <laughs> in the store right 
So I'm like checking no. out. No. And the lady at Target, she turns it over. She must be into reading. And she's like, oh, have you read Where the Crawdads Sing and all this stuff? And I'm like, um, I have to admit, no, I haven't. I know everybody on earth has read it. But anyway, and she turns it over. And she goes, oh, she kind of looks like you. And I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and then it's like, what do you do? And I'm like, um, yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway, back to the book. Um, the Line Between. <laughs> is the story of a young woman named Winter Roth. And Winter, um, at the beginning of the book, is getting ousted from a doomsday cult um, in Iowa. And right around that same time, a pandemic has begun to spread across the U.S. And so as she kind of tries to reengage in secular society, which she's been taught to regard as evil, um, this pandemic is happening in a, a an opportunistic cyber attack happens on the electrical grid. And to her, it seems a lot like the apocalypse that she's always been told was coming. And throughout the book, she ends up through a series of events that I will not spoil. She comes into possession of a set of medical samples that uh, seem pertinent and she has to get them three states over into Colorado, but in the middle of a pandemic and um, the grid going down, that's really hard to do. So, um the the second book, A Single Light, picks up exactly where the first book leaves off, where um, it seems like she and her close uh, friends, her makeshift family, are um, in a safe place, or so it seems. But of course, um, things are never quite as safe as, as she thinks they are. So um, they are in an underground bunker at the beginning, um, with several months to go yet before they emerge and everything goes wrong and when they emerge things are very different than what they expected so that's the story oh very yeah. exciting so <laughs> it sounds like we should read the line between first though right I will think you be so. lost I mean, if you just some jump people in on don't you know it's yeah, I think it's better that way because then you really get the whole backstory. There are readers that, you know, if they received a, a copy in a giveaway or something who have read the second one and said that they've done just fine without reading the first one, but I think it's better just to know what's going on. Yeah, how they ended up underground. Yeah, yeah, and and just to know a little more about Winter's background and um, you know, Winter's got a love interest. So knowing how she and Chase uh, met, um, I think it's and and also the first book has um, the chapters alternate at the beginning between the present and the past, and so it shows her growing up inside the cult, and it shows the culmination of the events that led to her getting expelled from the cult. So you can learn more. So all about that. when. When you wrote this, were you planning on it being a series? Is it just going to be two books? What What's your plan for winter? Yeah, so this is just two books. It's just a duology. Like my last two were also The Progeny and Firstborn. And, you know, I do that for a few reasons. I mean, I when I grew up, you know, there were often books and sequels, and it seemed like that kind of fell out of popularity for a while, and then everything was a trilogy or a long series. Um, right. I like, I like the idea of thinking into a series, but I also think, you know, let's just do two. And then later on, if we want to, we can do more. Um, but for now, I'm really happy with how the second book ended. Um, they are in development for TV though. So if they were to, you know, if the show were to get made and to get aired and, 
and there were enough, um, you know, desire for another book, I'm sure that my arm could be twisted. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, you know, we just got the sequel to um, Handmaid's Tale, so never say never. Right? That took a while. <laughs> yeah, that took a long time. I don't <laughs> but she got so inspired by the TV series. She didn't yeah. plan that. So, and then no. all of a sudden with the TV show and stuff, there was probably, mm-hmm. you know, a cry for more. So, I get it. Right. Yeah. Well, she had said somewhere that she got so inspired by the TV series that then she wanted to know what happened to Alfred. So she, you know, started writing the book. So you might get inspired by your own TV series. You never know. Oh, wouldn't that be so cool? And I I could totally see how that would happen. I mean, I'm a fan of the Handmaid's Tale series myself. Um, so Me too. Yeah. And our, our production team is so good. We've got Radar Pictures. They, they were behind Jumanji. They're behind um, the oh, new Wheel nice. of Time series that's getting made um, for Amazon and Ed Burns's production company. And then our writer, um, Glenn Whitman wrote for fringe and um, the strain and he's fabulous. So, so excited. Oh, um, Exciting. Congratulations. Well, thank you. I'm teaching myself. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know, but the thought that, you know, you could see your characters live in person would just be amazing. So fun. And it's fun to see the kind of the stuff they put together as they get ready to go pitch because it's like, ooh, this is really exciting to read and see, and I don't have to do the work. So it's awesome. (laughs) Right. So speaking of work, what's next for you? If this is just a duology, do you already have your next project cooking? Well, I have one written already because I had a little bit of a lag between Firstborn and The Line Between where we were trying to figure out timing of books and what to do next and all this. So um, I've already worked on a new one, but uh, and that's oh. a historical so we'll be looking for a home for that one. And then um, I don't know. I'm I'm up for contract right now. So we're kind of in a little in-between phase where we've got, we've got a story to sell and we've got a handful of cool ideas. So I think it's just a matter of um, any publishers listening that would like a novel. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. So, yeah. 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 If you're listening. <laughs> yeah. I think it's very kind cool. of where we land next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask you, you have written a lot of Christian fiction, and now you're writing thrillers. Is, is, do you find mm-hmm. the writing process the same for you, or do you write them differently? You know, it, it's the process is the same. It's the subject matter that's different. And, you know, my, my Christian fiction is um, largely, it, it was historical. It was biblical, historical. Right. So the story of the Queen of Sheba um the story of Judas Iscariot so if anything i would say those books tend to take more time because the research is so intense i mean the thrillers still have research behind them um the progeny books i went to croatia and hungary and all the places in the books i was there so there's wow. research for that too but it's different yeah right so, right yeah yeah Maybe a little I, more time consuming on those yeah 
Yeah, I admire historical authors because, wow, I wrote one historical paranormal and I thought, oh, the hardest part was the research <laughs> and I picked a horrible time period as far as as far as far uh, knowing, you know, what would happen to you after, you know, if you were in Paris after the Bastille went down and where would they take you if you got arrested and oh. no one knew. I'm like, oh gosh, this is oh. a mistake. But um, but I had already been under contract, so I had to figure something out. So, but I you have I to admire historical authors. Yeah, it is hard work. Lots of research there, and for it's you, writing work, biblical. Well, that yeah, it's old. I mean, well, when I started the Legend of Sheba, having done the the Judas Iscariot book, I thought, well, this one will be easier now that I've already done some of this. You know, it wasn't because right. it's like it's a thousand years earlier than first yeah. century than the first century. So I had to go back another thousand years, and <laughs> it was harder. <laughs> it's like why do yeah. I, I feel like every time I take on a book, I'm writing a check that I don't know how to cash, and but that's exactly. fun. You got to find a way, right? Yeah. Right, right. And I talk to so many authors um, doing book lights, and I it always reassures me because I always I write these books, and sometimes you get a book that you're like addicted to, and it, it just writes itself, and you're racing across the keyboard to keep up, and then you think I know how to do this, and so then you go to write the next right. book, and you're like, what did I? Why did I think I could write a book? What happened? Oh. But that seems to be normal. <laughs> Yes, you know, that actually happened to me with the line between I I don't know what happened there. I rushed the process a little bit. I rushed um the outlining and you know, there are some people who are pantsers who write by the seat of their pants. I am not one. Right. Um I do leave a little wiggle room for myself, but in general I'm always better off if I outline. And I did less of an outline this time and I ended up having to rewrite the book a couple times and my confidence was just so low by the time I finally finished it. I mean, I thought maybe it worked, but I wasn't sure. And um, right. I was writing the sequel, A Single Light, when I learned that the I learned through a series of events that the first book was on NetGalley, which is where bloggers and reviewers go to get early copies to, you know, right. review early. And I mm-hmm. just freaked out because I... I was I was so scared and I thought don't look don't look don't look but of course I had to look and and I was so grateful and relieved that people were liking it because I was I don't think I've ever been that scared with a book coming and and I'm not one of those authors that you know writes a book and feels like okay this is the greatest thing ever I mean every single time I think this is a career ending piece of crap and I hope nobody else figures that out but this was worse. This was way, way worse. So, um, yeah. Well, and I think, I think readers, right. But I I think readers don't really realize that sometimes when we finish a book and we start going through the editing process, sometimes that can jerk away all the confidence that we have in the book. So by the time the book comes out, you're like, I don't know. I don't even remember what's still in the book. Yeah. I'm, (laughs) I'm not looking. I'm just going to stay under the covers and not get out of bed. <laughs> so right. there are definitely days and hours like that for me. Even, you know, this was book 11. So it doesn't, I I don't know. It, it must doesn't be get easier. easier. For people. Yeah, not for I me. Don't, I don't know. I don't think easier. so. 
<laughs> it certainly hasn't for me. <laughs> no, although like, sometimes you don't get there is hardened. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes though, there is a book that really wants to get written, and those those go great. But those tend to mess me up for the next two books because I think this book must be horrible because I don't want to write yeah. it. This one was harder. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I guess it's just the creative process. <laughs> well, I think it's like kids too. I mean, you know, when people are like, "Which book of yours do you like the best?" Well, which kid of yours do you like the best? You know, and. And exactly. Each kid is different. You love them all. They're they're all different. And then you've you've got some that are you know some books are the easy books. Some book was the more difficult book. Some book, you know, has is is specialty for this or that. But um, they're all mm-hmm. different. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I always think, well, I like this one for for my best villain, and I like this one for the best. You know, you can't pick mm-hmm. one. That's your that's your favorite baby. Oh, yeah. They're all different. Yeah. They're all your kids. Right. You have to love they them all. They are. <laughs> yes. Yes. Equally, but in their own way. That's right. That's right. So when you write, do you write with music or no music? Do you have playlists for your books? Mm, I can't. I can't do music. And um, okay, I have so friends silent that writer. do playlists. Yeah, I have friends that do, mm-hmm. and they'll compile their entire playlist. I can't do it. I think it's because I used to be a dancer, and when I listen to music, oh. I often choreograph in my head, and so I I can't I afford see. to use those brain cells doing that. <laughs> <laughs> You're writing, and all of a sudden, people are playing, and <laughs> yeah, that's right. Here's the pirouette. <laughs> Yeah. Wait, where did that come from? No, it's a gun. No, No, yeah, that's right. We can't. It doesn't work for me. Yeah, that's that's also why I can't write in coffee shops and places like that very well. Oh, that's true. You can't go anywhere where it's noisy, huh? No, I'm easily distractible when I'm writing. Yeah. So you have to keep the bacon close by to your quiet table. (laughs) That's right. Well, you know. It's really hard. So my other favorite food is buttered popcorn. But you know, Ooh, these delicious. are the worst foods to love because you can't right. you can't type and eat them unless you're gonna like I don't know, use chopsticks or I I don't there's no way to Right, because they make your hands greasy. right at the same time. Yeah. So you have yeah. to like take dedicated time to eat these things on their own. <laughs> you need tongs. <laughs> Right, right. It's not the same as like Cheetos where you're just going to end up with orange powder all over your keyboard, which is its own, you know, hazard. But yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but greasy keyboards, that's, yeah, yeah, but greasy keyboards are bad. (laughs) No, yeah, it's not good. So I told you before the show started, but um, Kimberly Stewart was on a couple weeks ago, and she is she lives near you, doesn't she? And you guys have your yes. own writers group now. Yes. So Kimberly Stewart, and she is awesome, and she's she's a hoot too. She's so funny. Um, she lives in Iowa, in Des Moines, and so Kimberly Stewart and Nicole Bart, who's also an Iowa writer, and then I'm next door in Nebraska. Kimberly, Nicole, and I, um, we call ourselves the traveling pens when we do events together. (laughs) 
Um, so we actually have our own bookmarks and stuff like that. But we have oh, love it. Um, a writer's workshop in the works for June of next year, June 12th through the 14th, that we're going to hold in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, because it's a lovely oh, nice. area right there. Yeah, and it's called Alchemy Writer's Workshop, and that is a workshop um, put on by the three of us, and it's our opportunity to really pour pour more of what we know into people who want to write fiction than we would be able to do in just a simple, like, one hour or, you know, or if we were somewhere else just teaching a half day this is a chance for us to really say, okay, look, we're going to try to tell you everything we know in this very short, concentrated period of time. Right, right. And and I think that's so cool because you're doing it in the Midwest because a lot of times the writers, you know, workshops and conferences and that kind of thing are always West Coast or East Coast. So for all the Midwest yeah. writers, this should be super cool that they have something, you know, in your backyard. Yeah, we we do have some conferences around here. Um, you know, in my backyard, we've got word sewers in Omaha. But, you know, we do feel a little bit as Midwesterners that we're kind of forgotten at times and that there are mm-hmm. people here who would love to go to something intensive like this, but maybe they don't want to have to go all the way to a coast. So, yeah. Right, right. Spend all the airfare and everything. So I think sure, that's super yeah. cool, and you guys are, you know, you're gi- you're giving back, and I think that is one of the coolest parts about being involved in publishing. There's lots of uncool parts, but mm. but writers themselves, <laughs> I have always found to be amazing people who are willing to help, you know, to help the next generation, to help a beginner, and I I just I think that's a really cool. You know, there's not a lot of industries where people are like, here, let me help you. Um, so yeah, I that, think that's that really is neat true. you guys are doing that. Well, thank you. And, you know, we all have backgrounds at some time or another in our histories as teachers. So we've all been teachers. And I think there's that part of it for us. And as you said, so many writers have helped us or given us advice or endorsed our books or, you know, or pointed the way and I really like being able to help other writers because it's not just that you're helping them with their writing you're helping them with their dreams because that's what Mm -hmm. it is it's a publishing dream or a writing dream and um, yeah it's we find it to be very very fulfilling and and meaningful so and it gives us a reason to get out of sweatpants what I didn't say I was going to get out of my sweatpants <laughs> for this. <laughs> for all you know, I think this is in sweatpants. <laughs> it could be the sweatpants okay, conference. I probably won't wear sweatpants. <laughs> I, I had your writer uniform will stay TV at home. And it just about killed me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot you were on TV this morning. That's so cool. <laughs> I think, you know, the, it's the, great, the greatest part of this job is that, you know, you can do it in your pajamas. So, I, you exactly. know, you can't put a price tag on that. No, you so. can't. No. <laughs> but, you know, as you get on deadline, it gets less and less glamorous that you can work in your pajamas because you start to oh. notice, wait, were these the pajamas I was wearing yesterday? <laughs> oh, when I'm on that last week, I don't wash my hair. I right. I go days without like bathing. <laughs> With my last book, I, I 
I always finish at seven in the morning after an all night or seven, seven thirty, somewhere around there. And with this last one, I went downstairs and I, I, I found my husband and I said, honey, I've, I'm finished. And he goes, Oh, that's great, honey. Can you bathe now? <laughs> and I did. <laughs> it's, it's a glamorous so, life. <laughs> it is so not. <laughs> I wouldn't trade it though. I wouldn't trade it. No, no. Writing stories is like the biggest rush in the whole world. There's always a moment or or more than one moment in a book where you just go, oh my gosh, I never saw that coming. This is the most amazing thing ever. And that makes it all <laughs> worth it. <laughs> yeah. Those moments are gold. And, and the, the other yeah. moments are hard. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There are days where mm-hmm. I'm like, this is hard. I hate it. I can't do this. And my husband, you know, he's like, well, you cannot do it. Nobody's making you do this. Right. And, um, and he, he reminds me to have fun doing it because stories are fun and that's why we read them. Mm -hmm. And that's why we write them. Right. 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 Yeah. I always get to the middle of the book and I'm like, wow, I would rather do dishes right now than sit down and write a thousand more words. (laughs) And my husband's always quick to remind me, welcome to your dream. (laughs) Like, yeah, there oh, you go. Oh. I have those things too. I'd rather clean my vacuum cleaners right now than do this. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, boy, nobody's gonna out. pair those socks. <laughs> <laughs> you know oh, it's bad when you're ready to do the sock bin. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Where you're like, I don't know, that sock bucket's pretty full. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so I can't let you get away without finding out what kind of TV you're binge watching right now. Oh, well, I've been waiting for the good doctor to come back. I love that show. Oh, I haven't watched um, that yet. Oh, it's it's so good. It's about um, a surgeon who has autism and it's actually based on a Korean drama. Um, so the Korean drama came out first and then they made this oh. American version. And it's 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 great, and the Korean version is great too. I've watched it as well. Um, they have subtitles for that. And then um, mm-hmm. I I love America's Got Talent, and I don't think the finals have aired yet, so I'm waiting for that. And also Master Chef, because in my in my dream fantasy career, I'm a I'm a chef. <laughs> I can't, I'm only a passable cook, but um, and also the strain, of course. Um, and uh, there's a lot. I watch a lot of TV. There's a lot of TV. So Queen of the yeah. South, we just, um, we love that one. We watch a lot of TV. Yeah. Yeah. The right problem now, is I binge watch finishing... everything. There's nothing left. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're finishing The Good Place because that final season's coming. And everybody Ooh. I know loves that show so we were like okay we gotta watch it's really good yeah so the good place is really good yeah oh it's so good um and the final season is about to come on tv so all my friends were like you have to watch it so anyway it's really good very unexpected it's just the writing is really good on that show and uh and i'm waiting for the next season of the crown i love the crown um, oh. If you haven't watched that yet, it's really good. Oh my gosh! I've seen um, one season. Yes, one. Oh, okay, yeah. The second season is up, and the third, and it got renewed for a third season. So, gotta watch that second season. But um, that one's really good too. And if you like something really weird, um, I I love uh, 
dark and scary things, but I also like weird things. And the Umbrella Academy was amazing. Um, it's based on a comic. I need to try um, that. I, I started it, and then I, I don't know what happened. I got distracted or something, and sometimes it takes me a couple tries to, like, concentrate and pay attention. Right. So I And it's very odd, but. Yeah, but it's really good. Um, Gerard Way from My Chemical Romance wrote the comics, I guess, and then they made the show. And it is the weirdest superhero thing, but the <laughs> it's just, it was really fascinating. I watched it all, like, usually I, it takes me, you know, a, a few weeks, but I, like, watched it all in three days. I couldn't, you know, it was just, it was really weird. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you want something odd, Umbrella Academy. <laughs> My sister-in-law was talking about that one. And I need something new because, you know, Handmaid's Tale, the, the last season, right, I, I finished off. it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, yeah me too. So, so many shows are in between now. So. I've, I've right. already finished and Stranger Things. So what else is there? Yeah, right. Well, yeah. now you can Umbrella Academy. Very strange. Okay. <laughs> but That's it was Netflix, really good. I think. <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, um, okay. Well, we're all we're almost out of time. I can't believe it. But are you doing any giveaways? Is there any? How do you want readers to get in touch with you? Ooh, well, I'm always giving stuff away on social media, so you just have to pay attention there. Oh, also, a new giveaway for the line between is just starting on Goodreads, and oh, you good. can always find me at toscalee.com or on social media as Toscalee as well. So. I am all those places, but look for those giveaways because you can win stuff. Yeah, yeah. And she has a great group of readers on her Facebook page, too, so um, get get involved oh, there. Yeah. And and thank you so much for coming back on. It was I always have such oh, a blast with you. Thank you so much for having me back and bearing with me because I can't do math. And yes, please do come join me on on um, social media because my I do have the greatest readers in the world, and they are welcoming to everybody and warm and wonderful people. So, shout out to the readers. I love you guys. Yes. Thank you so much for being here. We'll talk to you again. Thanks for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.